Does this team, a lot of people reflecting on it, does it seem like a little bit less fun than last year's team to you? One run, which happened to be a grand slam. He came in with a base loaded and gave up a bomb. But point of order. I, I used to be a Stetson man. You remember that, that theme yeah. song? I, I might... wear Gustavo Chassin. And welcome to episode number 25 of Artificial Turf Wars. Our porch is so short it won't even fit the chaise lounge. I'm your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I am joined tonight by Joshua Housem. How's it going, Josh? Good to be back. Good. Are you are you done with the tundra and the seal hunt that you were on last week when you were away? I was protecting the seals. I wasn't hunting them. No, exactly. So you're it's you've uh, you and Greenpeace yeah. taking care of business. Now we actually had a little bit of a feud, but the the job got done. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Feuds are the uh, topic of the night, I guess. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Jays five and two week. We're going to talk about a little back and forth between JD and John Gibbons. Um, Tulo and Martin getting hot at the right time. Ezekiel Carrera returning to the bottom of the order, which, well, we'll talk about the bottom of the order by itself. Jay Happ, Brett Cecil, we have a whack of listener questions. I guess you were listening last week when I complained that there weren't enough listener questions. Uh, <laughs> we're going to try and fit in two do-overs and a gold star. And if we have time for anything else, the usual shenanigans around here. So let us start at, instead of three and three, uh, we have a five and two record since the last podcast. I like that. Yes, five and two is good. Uh, it was against uh, Cleveland, who are, no, wait, where the heck am I? They've played the Astros, the yeah. Rays, and the Yankees. I was thinking of the they're, Astros for some yes, reason. They're, they're playing Cleveland this coming weekend. Yeah, that's where I'm getting Cleveland from, and I'm an idiot. Yeah, um, they also... <laughs> I mean, purportedly, the Astros are a good team. They're not playing yeah. like one, but <laughs> we've been told well, they're a good team. They actually were playing really well for a while. They were right up there with the Jays for records since some arbitrary date, like May 23rd or something <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs> I love when people pull that. Like, if you want to pull the first of a month, you know, since the beginning of August, okay, I get it. That's sort of a traditional. But, yeah, I've seen that on Twitter a couple times. Since May 23rd. Since June 18th. Well, what happened on June 18th? Like, <laughs> did is this is a significant holiday in your religion? If it is, just let me know, and that's cool. We can go from that day. But otherwise, pick a normal day. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it didn't look so good at the start of that Houston series. They got shut down in the first game, struck out a zillion times, and then in the second game, they were losing two to one going into the sixth and looked like the offense was going to not going to do anything again. And then Martin hit a three run Homer and then they cruised to victory and then they pumped them in the third game. There seem and scored nine runs, which is important. Uh, <laughs> there seems to be a lot of, of sort of dead time in this blue Jays offense lately. Not that it doesn't come out. Okay. In the end, they've won, obviously they won more games than they've lost by good measure, but we'll go for, two or three turns through the order and i'm genuinely thinking okay anybody want to get a hit like they, they lost one nothing the first game in new york it's and, chad green yeah and chad green looked like he was on his way to a one or two hitter <laughs> it was it was like wow 
it, and admittedly, he's got a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. His breaking ball was working. But it just looked like they were beyond lost. Like, they didn't didn't have any ability to hit that fastball at all. And they're supposed to be a fastball-hitting team. Yeah, they, I don't know. They just... They, there are times that look very bad. Um, and, and like you said, like, sometimes they it works out. Like today, they, they we're recording this on Wednesday. You know, they scored seven runs off CC Tabathia, but they struck out 16 times. You know, so when they hit the ball, they seem to do well. It's just they've been having trouble at times actually doing that. Yeah, and they weren't they weren't doing anything in April and May when they were striking out. And now it seems like, well, we're striking out. We haven't really figured out how to curb that tendency. But when we do put the bat on the ball, it's going a lot further, farther, yeah. farther. Um, so interesting stuff that we we've noticed during the week Tulo and Martin are two of those guys we'll get to JD and Gibbons in a minute Tulo and Martin are the two guys who've actually gotten hot in the very obvious way yeah, Tulo I mean, has has turned back into Troy Tulowitzki which is all kinds of awesome oh absolutely I am curious what like what random thing one will attribute this to if, if, the, if he goes this way for the rest of the season what they will pick out is that magical point where Tulo remembered he knew how to hit I I mean it could just be finally becoming comfortable in the American League and in a new town new pitchers and all that I'm sure that might be the, the truth of the matter but someone will come up with something you know that as well as I do there'll be a writer somewhere who who will come up with some some explanation other than oh it was time uh, Martin has, Martin seems to have changed his approach. They keep talking about it on the broadcast, but he doesn't seem to be swinging out of his heels as much anymore. I mean, he still does at times, but it's working. But he's also he's doing a lot of more driving the ball the opposite field. That season in Pittsburgh, when he hit 290-402-430, average on base slugging, that's what he was doing. He was driving the ball the opposite field as opposed to trying to pull everything, which is what he looked like he was doing in the beginning of the season. You want your random arbitrary dates since May 25th. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I picked that, because that's the day that he hit his first two home runs of the season. <laughs> Martin's hitting 282 with a 395 on base and 520 slugging. All right. Uh, sorry, what's that OPS just for fun? 905. Because somebody picked the first day that uh, Troy Tulowitzki, this was, I think, Wilner on the radio, the first day that Tulowitzki went, no, he picked the day. Tulowitzki went one for four in a Blue Jays loss or something, and, and then he said yeah. from that date on he's been OPSing 963. At least mine was a little less random than that. Yeah. <laughs> Pick a day. Still random, day. though. Right yeah. after he went one for four. Not over? No. after. Okay, whatever. Um, I think that you don't need both of those guys over 900, um, but wow, is it great to have them because that, that lengthens this lineup, uh, especially for when... We'll get. We'll go to Josh Donaldson right now. When Josh Donaldson's a little frustrated with his performance, which apparently <laughs> was today. So a sequence of events would be Josh Donaldson strikes out for the second time in the game. Yes. On, in his second at bat on three pitches. It was Walk, not a good play appearance. Walks back to the dugout and fires slash heaves his bat down the dugout steps towards the bat rack area in Yankee Stadium, which is right past where John Gibbons is standing on the other side of the railing so when he gets down to take off his helmet Gibbons saunters over because never want to be in a rush 
<laughs> I don't think he's capable. Yeah, and says things. I do not know what things. And then Josh Donaldson says more things. And then all of a sudden, Josh Tolley and Troy Tulowitzki appear in the frame and migrate between the two men. And, and suddenly, Josh Donaldson's being moved backwards. And that's pretty much the end of what I saw. Did I miss anything? No, I don't think you did. <laughs> it seems that you caught everything that the cameras caught, at least. Now, the post-game comments... Were very funny. Were hilarious. Um, <laughs> Josh Donaldson alluded to the fact that he had he had walked back to the dugout. He had thrown his uh, his bat and it hit something. And Gibbons came over to him and asked him what kind of cologne he was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> and JD told him to back off, and he would get him some after the game. <laughs> yeah, and like, and then what about Chulo in between you two? I think he liked the cologne too. <laughs> I, that's that's better than the whole dust up right there. <laughs> oh, we did you, did a, you, did you hear what Gibbons said? No. <laughs> Gibbons goes, I told him after the first at bat, get a new bat. That one ain't working. He took the same one up there the second time. That didn't work. He chose to break it. So I went down and told him you should have listened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that that might actually be the truth. <laughs> or, <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh my goodness so uh, there's something about a team that doesn't take itself 100% seriously however I, I was going to bring this up and, and we'll try and f fit it in does this team a lot of people reflecting on it does it seem like a little bit less fun than last year's team to you it seems like less fun to watch I don't know if the team themselves are less fun but there's not the same I mean, l losing Ben Revere makes a difference because that guy was just always smiling and jumping around and looking like he was, you know, on a sugar high. Well, there's no Ben Revere. There's no Munenori Kawasaki. And regardless of what you think about Munenori Kawasaki as a ball player, he was certainly something you had to keep your eyes on as a as a show. And there's no and David Price. Yeah, that's the next guy I was going to mention. There's no David Price. So... Uh, there's certainly a lot more, from what I can tell by my, my female Twitter associates, uh, there's a lot more attractive men on the team than there were last year. There's a, there's a lot of love for Josh Donaldson um, and, and Michael Saunders and others and others, others. I, I don't really keep track of all of them. But uh, I, got a lot more, I get a lot more of, of those sort of tweets as opposed to, wow, these guys look like they're having a good time tweets. Yeah, I mean, you still get some of the latter, too, though. I mean, it's, it's just when stuff that's good happens. Like, you know, you get the fun with Osuna and uh, and Martin after saves, like knocking on the door and who's there? Oh, it's my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get, you know, Grilly getting all fired up when he strikes <laughs> someone out to end the inning. Quickly becoming my favorite player, by the way. I love that stuff. Um, um, and then you get, like, the dugout celebrations, like, Upton after his home run today. It's like he did something with Strowman. It's like, how long have they been waiting to pull that out? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, well, you add a little part each day you don't hit a home run, and then by the time you hit a home run, it's three <laughs> minutes long. Um, so my theory actually has to do with, with how the season has unfolded, because I don't think any of us really remember what the season felt like on July 15th last year, because it was a 500 team. I think we packed all of the this-might-be-a-very-good-team excitement into about seven weeks of baseball. <laughs> 
And to go from this team is is never going to make head or tail of what it's got to my God, they might be the best team on the planet right now is so much more exciting and so much more satisfying. Like to come back from what was it? Seven games back of the Yankees. Yeah. They're, you don't need to come back if you're nibbling away like they have been at the division lead. They've been basically chasing first place for a month between whoever was in front of them and just a game here. Well, I think Every, it's like yeah. for the last 20 some odd days, the Jays have not been either more than or less than a game out of first or some stupid number like that. And that isn't it's it's tense, but it's not actually exciting. Because it doesn't it's feel like fun there's, either. Yeah, there's no fun. There's no there's no momentum to that. So I'm not complaining. I'm just I, th- I think that has a lot to do with what we perceive because there's there's no big run. There's no rush to see. Oh, my God, they won 11 in a row. Remember, we'd already had one 11 game winning streak. We were on the second one or might have just finished the second one this time last year. I don't think the Jays have won more than five games in a row this year. No, I don't think so either. So that's a big difference. Winning streaks, even on a crappy team, feel really important. Because every night you're thinking, man, could they do one more? Yeah. It's no, not I like, agree with you completely. Not the same Jays are like, win one, lose <laughs> one, win two, lose one, lose two, one, win. You know, it's like, it's, it's well, and you're tough, looking, it's they've, won, they've won four of the five last series. But that's not exciting. It's just like, okay, it's good. Yeah, Great. it's just good baseball. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got that off my chest. Um, we were talking as well. Ezekiel Carrera is back. Is is this a big step up from, was it Junior Lake got demoted? Yeah, his destiny for assignment. Uh, I think he's the bigger step up from uh, whoever was going to be playing. It's like, you know, if it's like uh, Daryl Siciliani, <laughs> who's been really bad. Although he still has to stay in the lineup until Pilar's back. So he gets yeah. the update. Uh, he's the upgrade from Smoke. Sort of. Okay, I'll buy that. He's the yeah. he's the non-switch hitting Justin Smoke. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, think he's useful. I mean, the, the Jays have had a lot of swing and miss at the bottom of the lineup. And a lot of... Coming into today's game, they had the lowest on-base percentage ever from the 7-8-9 spots in the history of the team. That includes the 1977 expansion team that lost 90-some-odd games or whatever it was. Actually, I think they lost more than that. Yeah, they lost 100 and... Yeah three or something woof i i think it's a testament to the trouble that the jays have right now with injuries that they batted their seven eight and nine positions that is left field center field right field seven eight and nine in the yankees series for one game who was playing left siciliani oh yeah so i guess when saunders, when saunders out there and and upton you could bench siciliani and put carrera that would be at least nice there you go. Uh, will this bottom of the order get better? Obviously, it can't get worse. Well, I think the biggest thing is that, well, I think Upton's going to play better than he has been. I mean, he had a nice game today. The whole bottom of the order played well today, actually. Like, they got between them, well, Upton hit sixth today, so it doesn't really count, but they got six RBIs between them, and they had a day. But I think he's going to play better. I think Carrera's going to be better than Siciliani has been, who's been terrible. And, you know, Pilar, when he comes back, I think that's going to make a difference because. Uh, you know, Pilar's say what do you want about the limitations he has as a hitter, and they're 
well, we've said a lot. <laughs> we, we've he, been there. <laughs> he, he does put the ball in play, which, you know, a couple times in this stretch has really cost the Jays runs because their guys just strike out with runners on base. Fair. And so I, I think we, we know what we're getting with Kevin Pillar, right? He's not going to walk. He's going to swing the bat. And he's going to somehow, like you said, he's going to get the bat on the ball. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's one thing if these guys that were not getting the bat and the ball were crushing it when they did, but that's not happening either. So I'll take the guy who hits, you know, a lot of weak pop-ups and stuff, but at least hits the ball. Yeah, Siciliani, every time we call up a guy who hits nothing, I'm always like, really? Don't we have, like, one guy slashed in AAA who could take a walk or something? You know, hit 250? Anything? No, it, it never seems to pan out that way. The guys they call out from AAA are inevitably like dead meat when they get here. Uh, yeah, I, it, I mean, I mean, I was, was kind of hoping that Jesus Montero would get called up to bat against Michael Pineda. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Didn't happen. I th- I think your love of the the poetic is probably greater than the front office's need to <laughs> throw games in the. <laughs> Hey, Montero's the- breaking in AAA. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need another DH, Josh. Oh. <laughs> okay. so, so, somebody was talking about the... You were in the conversation about them possibly DFAing Justin Smoke before his extension kicks in. I was not saying that was going to happen. That was, I was just in the conversation where that yeah. was brought up, but yes. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not accusing you of making that up. Let's <laughs> making that clear. <laughs> that, uh, that would be... Quite the move if you found a replacement <laughs> for Justin Smoke before you'd actually activated the the extra contract that you just negotiated for him. Yeah, that if that we've talked about that contract, it doesn't make sense, but it would be very funny. Sorry, <laughs> we we are bad DFA. <laughs> yeah, and you can take the money. Yeah, keep the money. Yeah, it was it was it was all worth it. Uh, J Hap is well worth his contract and continuing to roll on in and, and, and again i'm sure if we listen to the yankees broadcast they'd still have no idea how j hap is doing this yeah it's it's really funny with him that he's done it two completely different ways this season and both equally successfully and like, okay and yet you 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 look at the stuff and you go it doesn't look that great just <laughs> he's got the most overpowering 92 mile an hour fastball ever <laughs> yeah and you're loath to explain exactly how that 92 hour mile an hour fastball and what looks like pretty average secondary stuff continues to work for him he, yeah he just puts in the right spot i guess apparently uh, it's, it's very interesting because i mentioned that like the two different ways he's pitching right well, he's getting way more strikeouts now, but he's gone back to, you know, he's he's exceeded seven innings once in his last, I don't know, since the last time before today he exceeded seven innings was May 21st. <laughs> he does have, though, the all-important pitcher wins to back him up now. Yeah, I mean, he's, no, he's not going super deep in games, but you know, he's getting strikeouts and he's, not lim- he's limiting damage. They scored four runs today, although one of them scored after he left the game with a runner on first. But yeah, he's 17-3. and three. <laughs> And he gave up. I, I thought that was an interesting observation. CC Sabathia struck out sixteen. J Hap gave up three homers. Who do you think won the game? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not like J Hap was giving up. You know, he struck out nine. <laughs> you know, so he, and and Sabathia struck out twelve. 
12? Only 12. Yeah. Sorry, 12 in six innings. Did the Jays strike out 16 times by the end of the game? Yeah, the Jays struck out 16 times total. Maybe that's where I'm grabbing the 16 from, which, goodness me. It, I know they're just outs, but wow. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to Hap. Yeah. I mean, the, the Cy Young Hunt race right now is wide open. You're hearing ridiculous cases for Zach Britton, who is having the best reliever season ever. Well, sorry, best closer season ever. The best reliever season is not closers. But Mark Eichhorn. Yeah, he's in the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if any conversation has to include Hap, doesn't it? I mean, even if he's not a front runner. Yeah, I think he gets votes. I, how can you? He's, he's got a good ERA. He doesn't walk a lot of people. And he's got, again, I don't think the Cy Young voters are as addicted to the win as they used to be. But if a guy leads his league and wins, unless he does through, through some fluke like eight runs of support every time out, he's going to get votes. Yeah. I, I, th- I think he's going to get serious consideration. Estrada, I, I think, maybe not so much anymore. Well, Estrada has seven starts to figure out whether he's, uh, you know, able to overcome. I still think his back is bugging him. Yeah, and he's saying that the, the six-man rotation has been tougher for him, which I understand that, possibly. I mean, he got shelled his last time out against the Yankees. Five runs in four innings, all on home runs. There were a lot of Yankee home runs in the series, and it didn't really help them all that much. No. No, it didn't. (laughs) Because the Jays scored 12 times in how many innings? Two. Two innings. Well, yeah, the scoring was in two innings. Two separate innings. Four four runs and eight runs. Yeah. That game (laughs) was strange to watch any of. I, I had left, and I came back just as the Jays tied it up. And I was like, well, this will be interesting. It was barely even interesting. It was just a it was a walk. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh God. And then they score put up an eight spot in the eighth. It's like, oh, okay. Georgia Riley had uh, nobody. <laughs> yeah, well Warren had been great. Just not yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but I I I was want to go back to the half thing. Like I mentioned that he's not going as deep in games, but it seems to matter less now because the bullpen really has stabilized. Finally, yes. Now, you, you guys talked about it a, a bit last week, but you know, you, you talked about Ben Juan, him being somewhat shaky. Possibly, he's you know he's still been very good as a Blue Jay, but I want yeah, I want to talk about Brett Cecil. Oh, this is the guy that his ERA was six seventy five on July twentieth. It's down to four fifty six. You know, his last nine and two-thirds innings, he struck out 12, giving up one run, which happened to be a grand slam. He came in with the best and <laughs> gave up a bomb. But Point of order. <laughs> yeah, Kendrick Morales seems to hit him hard. <laughs> yeah, but he's pitching better. He's getting strikeouts. He's getting that curveball down. And, you know, this, we talked about this before. This team doesn't have a lefty. No. Uh, you know, and Cecil, if he's pitching like Cecil, that's a huge weapon with the way Grilly and Osuna are throwing. Absolutely. And I, I, I kind of have to mention Biagini too. I mean, he's been on fire. It's, it's like a major league quality bullpen. Huh. <laughs> All showed up in August. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, so I'm I'll very take, hopeful. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'll take six inning Hap striking out guys and giving up one run if it means 
you know, with, with this bullpen. I wouldn't take it at the, with the bullpen at the beginning of the season. when <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have it. I, I don't, yeah, it would be interesting to know if that's a conscious decision on his part. If, if he thinks that being being more dominant in the early innings is, is more effective for him overall, like he's, that he would rather get the strikeouts and, and hand the ball over now rather than try and limit the contact and get burned occasionally. Yeah, I, I doubt that, but it would be interesting if it was the case. All right, so that has covered our week that was, more or less, which means we get to move on to listener questions. Yay. <laughs> the enthusiasm around here for listener questions. We really <laughs> do like listener questions, I swear. <laughs> uh, first question is from Brian A., whose Twitter handle you're probably familiar with and includes some <laughs> underscores. Um so his first uh, question this week, after seeing how well the team had performed without Bautista this season, should we really be that concerned about re-signing him? Josh. It's, I, I don't. I think you kind of have to separate those two things. The team performance without Bautista has been very good, but it's not been because of the offense. Uh, the offense has hit. There's been guys that have played well, but, I mean, you might be losing Encarnacion. You might be losing Saunders. You know, it's not going to be the same next year, regardless of whether Bautista's back. But I do think that it's, you know, you there might not be as much concern about resigning him just because of how bad he's looked. I mean, sorry, bad for Bautista. It's kind of a sliding <laughs> scale there. How average he's looked. Yeah, you know, he's can't play right field anymore, and he's not hitting as well. So I think if he doesn't really turn it on in the second half when he comes back, I wouldn't be as worried about him walking. He's not turning it on in the second half, Josh. He'll be turning it on in the final quarter. Second half of this no, half. The second half of the half? <laughs> yeah. We call that a quarter, just so you know. I <laughs> I think that Bautista's absence highlights the fact that no baseball team really is affected by one guy. It Except just, the Giants in the early 2000s. <laughs> uh, yeah. That guy couldn't save them most years, though, because... Again, you can put him on base every single time, and it, it still wouldn't necessarily result in championship teams. But, yeah, you, you really do not have an outlier on this team where it can't survive any team, that it can't survive a month without its best hitter. Now, you take out its best three hitters or its best three starters or two starters, yes, is the, the effect is multiplied. But one guy does not a baseball team make, and that even if that guy is Jose Bautista at his peak. He, he can't bring you championships. He didn't in 2010. And he, he can't keep you out of the playoffs just because he's hurt. Uh, also, no, he's not a $30 million a year player anymore. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, there's no one going to give him that. Yeah, not even for three years. No, I, I'd be very... I'm actually very curious to see what his contract ends up being. It's obviously going to be anything close to what he wanted, but... No. I, I mean, is he going to get $25 million a year? 20 I guess it depends on how he finishes. In this half of a half. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Blue Jays fan at B the Blue Jays fan asks, who would you put over in a fatal four-way match for the strap, brother? Give brother! Me, <laughs> tell Dead Lily, Shea Hillenbrand, or Josh Donaldson. That's a tough one. I might have to go with Hillenbrand because he seemed legitimately like a dangerously angry man. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just went for the generally unstable guy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Gibby and Ted Lilly are a little old right now, aren't they? Yeah, no, they're definitely the handicap. John, John Donaldson would put up a good fight, though. Yeah, I think I think my money's I, on JD. I just think Hillenbrand would play dirty. 
Well, he'd be yeah. Like, he'd, he, you know, this we got a little Hulk Hogan illusion here. You know, <laughs> Hill and Brandon would be the guy who like delivered the low blows when the ref's back is current turned, and rip off his jersey, pulling out the, the weightlifting belt, the steel chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Your chance to disparage Shea Hillebrand doesn't come up very often. But Gotta tonight, take advantage. Boom, there she be. <laughs> well, what else do we have? All right, here's a question that comes from Lauren Simmons. Is there a player you consider a bellwether indicator for the Jays other than pitchers, meaning if they have a good game, we're going to win? They used to have that stat um, thrown around a lot. And I don't see it so much anymore, but it was always like when so-and-so gets a hit, the, this team is 42-2. and two, And I was like, yeah, I don't think that's how it works. Um, I, I guess it, it would be if Edwin Encarnacion has a good game, we win. Because generally it means he's hit a home run. Or Martin. <laughs> well, I think yeah. the better answer is like if someone at the bottom of the order has a good game. Do we need two people at the bottom of the order to have a good game just, for it to mean no, anything? No, just one of them. Because then he's one. driving in Tulo and Martin, who are always getting on base. <laughs> um, it's tough, though. Yeah, it, it's a tough one. I'd say when Aaron Sanchez has a good game, we win. But that's only every, what, five days? Yeah. No, she said no pitchers, though. Other than pitchers. True. Um... Yeah, I, I don't know if there's a definitive answer about that. I, I like your Martin answer. Because yeah. Martin does seem to be uh, close and late. No, I think I think it is Martin. Just it's almost because like he's hitting behind the big guys, right? Well, yeah, yeah. You, and those you're talking about those runs driven in. You're you're absolutely yeah. right. You're talking about Donaldson and Encarnacion. What else do we have? So this one comes from Dave Ghost. What kind of cologne do you all wear? That's <laughs> <laughs> what we call topical. Very nice, sir. Um, I, I used to be a Stetson man. You remember that, that theme yeah. song? I, I might, wear Gustavo Chassin. <laughs> I, I might play the Stetson man, and the, if I can find the, the Chassin, that might be our extra music. Um, <laughs> but I, t- I tend to eschew c- cologne. And you, sir? Yeah, same. You're not a, a big cologne person? No, not at all. <laughs> so your excuse for John Gibbons getting up in your face would be different. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing too much cologne. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, and our last question is from BK at Brendan Kuhn. Second last. No, you second last. Uh, yes. It's on a different list. I apologize. Is there merit to not batting Upton and Smoke back-to-back simply due to their strikeout issues, or is that an overstated problem? I... Uh... It's hard to say. I think that most of the time it doesn't matter as much because by the time the second guy's striking out, it's the third out. But, I, I, yeah, I just think it's you the having the, so many strikeouts in general is a problem, but the back-to-back, it doesn't matter as much. I would be upset if he changed that because it would deprive me of reusing the same joke over and over again. Which is this inning is about to go up in smoke. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, okay, for real, our last question is from Jared. No, it's, at, th- there's actually two more questions again. You screwed up. Jeez, Greg, come on. I'm fine. I'll read this one to you, and then you can read the next one to okay, me. Okay, fine. <laughs> this one is from Jared S. J. Rod 19. Is there a particular reason that the Jays didn't give Pompey a look when Pilar went down? Did they just want to see Upton more. 
Uh, the Jays hate Dalton Pompey. That's it. They 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 hate him. They regret ever signing him. He's too Canadian. It's obviously not going to work. Out. No. Uh, honestly, I don't think he is hitting well enough in AAA for them to justify calling him up. Is my best guess. Josh. Yeah, and he keeps getting hurt. Yeah. I think that's really the answer. He'll be up in September. I have missed your. Oh, there it is. You have put the question available for me on the internet. Yeah. It's going to be <laughs> exciting while it loads up here. Oh. Now that Pat Venditti has moved on, <laughs> who will replace him in your hearts? I, I guess it's. Call... Go ahead. It's not not Pat Venditti, obviously. <laughs> no, I can't even call him that anymore. <laughs> now he's not Bo Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> Which is your answer. <laughs> Uh, Bo Schultz? I thought Jason Grilly was going to be. So Bo, it has to be no, a Jason, fringy player? Yeah, no, Jason Grilly's just too awesome. That's not. That doesn't even count. No, it's Bo Schultz for sure. Friend of the podcast. Yes. You'll have to make him a friend again and maybe we can talk to him again. Re- refriend him on Facebook or whatever it is you did to get him to talk to you the first time. <laughs> um, I don't think Pat Venditti was ever in my heart that far, to be perfectly honest. So... Uh, it I'm, might have been a little tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% in favor of uh, Bull Schultz coming back whenever he feels like it. Because, hey, why not? Anything but Ryan Tempura. 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 <laughs> Tempura. Uh, you can't get your shrimp alerts, though. That's a different thing. For people who don't know what a shrimp alert is, I highly recommend you follow Shrimp Alert on Twitter and, um, and enjoy the, the joy that is the walk-off walk. You hmm. have for us two do-overs two the first one came up in today's game and it was driving me and many others who were watching crazy so for those of you who are unaware Joaquin Benoit has a little routine he does where he throws very lightly in the bullpen two innings before he would be potentially going into pits just that's what he does to get his arm loose on the broadcast over and over and over again they kept saying, oh, maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's testing it out. Oh, we don't know. Maybe he's unavailable. Maybe that's why Biagini's up. Maybe it'll be Cecil. You know? And I get it. Showman's not around the team. He might not know. But Buck agreed with him. And he even said specifically, I've never seen him get up and throw early before. He does it every single time. <laughs> so you're saying that Buck may not have been paying attention to the baseball game which he gets paid specifically to pay attention to. Yeah, I'm sure we're all shocked by that. <laughs> well, oh. I'm sure Tabler would have said absolutely nothing to correct anybody. Regardless. No. It's just there. so bad, though. Yeah, you should know that. Yes. But we're going to give him and a th- chance to do it over. Yeah, on tomorrow's game, or <laughs> there's no game tomorrow, on Friday's game, just come out and say, hey, be, the reason Benoit's up and throwing at this time is because he does this every time. <laughs> <laughs> and we shall never speak of it again. Now we're going to go away from the Jays for do-over number two. Yeah, yes. we went to the coast, to Oakland. Coco Crisp. So Coco Crisp is having a terrible, terrible season. He also has a vesting option for $13 million for next year. <laughs> Wait, I, ha- I have a feeling right now that I see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. 
so Crisp is, you know, they're not playing him against lefties. They've got these young guys they're giving time to. Chris comes out and says, I'm extremely hurt the way things are being handled. I'm not calling one anyone names, but this is really frustrating and disappointing. You know, and he's and he's just saying like he thinks that he should be getting time because he's healthy. Everyone else is getting used off the bench. This is shady. <laughs> they're trying to keep <laughs> Those are direct quotes. Bob <sighs> Melvin can't even look me in the eye right now. <laughs> I don't think that has much to do with it. Uh... Yeah, it... And yeah, let me play my way out. If I get hurt, I get hurt, but I'm in good health. I should get the chance to play. That's not how it works. Nope. When you, you... play poorly, you don't play. <laughs> Uh, on top of that, when you have a vesting option, that will affect your playing time in the year that the option is going to vest or the conditions under which it vests. Because the team wanted to have the option to not have it vest. <laughs> Otherwise, they would have just signed the contract without the option in it, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. It's just so silly. Just keep your mouth shut, Coco. Yeah. This is the business. It's They're a business. not in love with the Coco. No? Coco no. Crisp is the tastiest cereal... <laughs> Since. Okay, I I took a more modern version, <laughs> but all right. Uh, and then because we've been not very nice and we've handed out two do-overs, Coco, yeah, keep your mouth shut was a do-over. That's not that hard, is it? Um, we're gonna hand out a gold star because a certain pitcher for a certain Mets team did something that in his 19-year major league career he has never done before. Bartolo, big sexy cologne took a walk <laughs> on a 3-2 pitch against Robbie oh, Ray. So good. So it gets well, better because uh, for those of you who don't know, Cologne had 282 plate appearances before taking that walk in the major leagues. There was there was virtually a walk, walk watch every time he got to three balls against an opposing pitcher um, from the broadcast booth. Here is Cologne's post-game quote. I was surprised, too. The pitcher didn't strike me out because he didn't want to. I couldn't make a swing <laughs> because of my hand. My left wrist has been bothering me for a long time. So literally, all Robbie Ray had to do was put three balls in the strike zone. And he walked Bartolo Cologne, the hardest man to walk in baseball history. <laughs> Uh, maybe he was afraid of being embarrassed like James Shields. <laughs> That's the other thing Bartolo had never done in his major league career that he did this year. So I think probably we're going to see Bartolo retiring. That's how I feel. Because he's really he's accomplished only... everything. What are you now. talking about? It's the opposite. He's, a, he's getting better at age 43. But he's done it all. He's done, like, <laughs> up until now, he had those little tick boxes on the bucket list. Home run. No, no. Oh, I got a home run. Walk. I don't know why he'd retire. He's got a 338 ERA. <laughs> he made the all-star team. <laughs> I would like platelets injected or stem cells or whatever he had. I want them injected into everything when I turn And steroids. He did steroids too. Well, that was a while ago though. Wasn't that before the... the, Was that biogenesis? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I don't want steroids. But everything else he did (laughs) that he didn't get caught or get told was illegal, I would like that because he seems to be doing all right, even though he's about as wide as he is tall. You, Bartolo Colon, deserve a gold star from us yay not redeemable um that probably sounded really bad over the mic (laughs) it sounded like you were trying to beat it up a little bit the mic (laughs) um okay we are without an interview this week so we're a little 
less uh, involved. Do you have a final thought before we move on? I have more of a final note. Also, just be a question from Sini Siegel about our favorite Blue Jays team. We can get to that next week and we don't have as many questions. But Berto Osuna, the record for the most saves before his 22nd birthday with his 47th. Beat wow. Terry Forster's mark. And he doesn't turn 22 until t- 2017. So, <laughs> so you're, you're saying there's a chance he's going to build on the record. <laughs> just maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. I will also throw out a statistic or two for my final thought. This is from High Heat Stats MLB, who you can follow at High Heat Stats. Fun account if you're into that sort of thing. Edwin Encarnacion's last 365 days. 38 doubles. 52 home runs. This is not including the playoffs. Yeah, this is, this is regular season. 147 runs batted in. 287, 376, 606 slugging. 82 walks, only 134 strikeouts. 100... And 11 runs scored. Pardon me. And he's stolen four bases. Best part of the whole thing. Yeah. That 52 home runs. He's pretty good. Yeah. Strangely, he was tied for with Chris Davis for the most home runs in the last calendar years. And for all of, the, who, of you, you who are not big baseball fans, no, not that Chris Davis. Yeah, the or the, the Oakland K-H-R-I-S, one. H R I S, David. I I don't know how that works. I don't even know how you have two guys who are sluggers named Chris Davis in the league at the same time, and they don't spell their name the same way. But <laughs> yeah, but now Encarnacion out there with the extra fifty-second home run in the last three hundred sixty-five days. So congratulations to you, EE. You are and remain awesome, parrot and all. And I believe that constitutes a show. I think so. Which means that you have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem, and I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead2010, and this has been Artificial Turf Wars episode number 25, and we'll be back at you next week. It smells like a victory. June 27, let me piece this to your senses. Chassing. <laughs>